Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're continuing our manhood series, part six, Godly Fathers. Well, welcome back, welcome Brian. Welcome back. How are you? Doing well. Good. Doing well. Recording in the afternoon today. It's. Are you tired? I'm fine. Okay. You might fall asleep on us. So I'm going to try. We're going to try to keep Brian awake the yeah. whole time. This is. We will make sure this is not a boring, boring uh, episode. I don't think it is going to be boring. I'm really excited about it. I think it'll uh, be good. Fatherhood is something that um, I get excited talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, you do have like a hundred million children, so th- four. <laughs> four. Almost said three, but I have four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, what are their names and when were they born? No, I'm just kidding. Don't ask me. <laughs> so uh, we are, I am excited to talk about this. And uh, But as we jump into this, I want to ask the question, Brian, what, so before you became a father, what were some things that you thought about fatherhood? Maybe some misconceptions that you just had wrong and, you know, you didn't, you couldn't know before you had children. Yeah. You're always the best parent. Before you have kids, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it's funny. Parents are like, well, I, I read a book. Yeah, I read I read the book on parenting, <laughs> and they think they're the best parent. And then you have kids, and then you realize that um, that those books are helpful because they help give you some guidance. But every situation, every family is different. <clears throat> every child is different. Every family is different. It's it's weird because um, no two children are exactly alike or act exactly the same, and mm-hmm. so you, they come from the same parents, but they're different. They're people. very different, and so you have to handle them very differently. And you know, you you're a different person as you grow and mature and change as well. And so, you know, you think, oh, well, I'm I'm going to do this, and, and you kind of have your your things based on your past experiences, mm-hmm. based on what you've read. You're like, I'm going to do this. This is the kind of parent I'm going to be. Right. And you think all of these things up front. And then once you start having kids and they grow up and they're exerting their will and you're, you're <laughs> kind of realizing their own personalities and you're trying to coach them through all that, all that stuff kind of filters to the background. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. And you know, we've got two kids and we're still, you know, very young. And I think your point talk, you said something about, like each kid's different. And as you have, I think it's more than like, you have your first kid and you start like, Whoa, I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And then you have your second kid and you're like, wow, I still don't know what I'm talking about. And I think as you, as you continue going, you know, hopefully one day I'll catch up and have a hundred million children too. Um, like, you know, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, that is great. And I do appreciate you saying that, uh, you, you talked, I think last time, uh, about we, when we were talking about fathers, kind of the culture's, uh, kind of take like the way culture represents dads. And uh, we want to really talk kind of about what it, it means biblically to be a dad. But what is it that the culture kind of represents fatherhood to be like? Yeah, for the most part, um, it's it's not good. It's not positive. It's not a biblical expectation. I mean, th- there are some examples of, of good fathers, but for the most part, it's, you know, like in sitcoms, it's the goofy dad who's always getting in trouble you know, it's funny because um, you watch like one of these uh, shows on Disney Channel or Nickelodeon and the parents are like the dum-dums. They're the bad guys, yeah. you know. And so uh, it, it, it's funny because cu- culture is not a great example of what what it is to be a man, but then also what it's to be a father. Yeah, I think that's really good. One of the things a friend of mine and I used to 
notice as we even just like would sit at a coffee shop and, and see people out on the street. Mm-hmm. We noticed like older, you know, guys, it, it seemed like they were trying to be like their children. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times men were trying to act cool like kids mm-hmm. instead of the other way around where, where, you know, young men were trying to be more like older men, like trying to grow up. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like this reverse where we want to be this childish, goofy thing. And I think that's something we need to just fight against. That's, yeah. that is not a good thing. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody should think to themselves, I want to act like I live in high school for the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. Um, and so men yeah, that, have that to has be different types of dads. Yeah, that has changed. You know, one of the other things that has really affected our culture is, is fatherlessness mm. in our culture, uh, absent fathers or just, you know, non-existent fathers. And, you know, I really think that that is had a really negative impact on our culture on just, just men in general. They don't have a ton of role models to look to people that teach them how to grow up and, and be a man, be a father. Yeah, I think that's true. And so you see a lot of, uh, you know, children, uh, you know, younger, younger men, especially younger, younger boys finding that somewhere else. They'll find it anywhere else, you know, whether it's in school, you know, gangs, you know, those are still, those are really prevalent. Uh, I remember we were on a mission trip in Chicago and they had signs up about, you know, gangs were not welcome in the park. And it's like, wow, that's, that's a real thing, you know? So they're looking for examples of how to be uh, adults, men and young boys and young girls are looking for examples of what they're supposed to be. And, and the thing is, what we're going to be talking about is like dads are kind of the ones to make that known to them. Mm-hmm. We're responsible to yeah. to teach them that, what it means to grow up yeah. and be a, a man, be a woman. Yeah, exactly. Now, as we jump into this, we do uh, have some presuppositions here. We're looking at this from a Christian perspective. So right. these are fathers that are believers and we're thinking biblically about these topics. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So the first thing we want to look at is in the theology of fatherhood is our example. What is our example, Brian? Yeah, it's God the Father. You know, we believe in the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so uh, one of the the triune uh, persons of God is the Father. Um, and so he is the one that we look to to understand what this means. He is the ultimate father. And right. in Hosea chapter 11, we really get a good picture of that. Yeah, this is a really interesting passage. You know, he, he refers to Israel as his children. Mm-hmm. And so he's their father and they're his children. And, he, and he, he is, if you read this Hosea chapter 11, he's very loving, even in spite of their disobedience. He's calling them her children. He's, he's encouraging them. And he knows he has to discipline them, but still choosing uh, love and, and giving mercy and all of yeah. these things to them throughout. And so it's really, you know, that's one of the things as a father, you really understand God better in that way because you look at your children, you're like, I love you. I would, I would die for you. I would give anything. But then you also, when they sin or they disobey you, you can be disappointed in them, but still yet love them. Yeah. I think this is so important to understand that, that the idea of fatherhood comes from God. And we need to understand that no human man is going to represent this perfectly. And sometimes what we do is we like project this onto God, like the failures of human men, but, but we need to not project those failures onto God and instead look to God and see the perfect, the perfect father. And that's what you're talking about here. So, so 
sometimes we see in men, we see this, this one-sidedness, either you've got this really soft, you know, guy who just never disciplines, never guides, and he's just always loving, but he lets his kids get away with, you know, murder, you know, it's crazy. But then you have the other dad that's just kind of a jerk, but he's always, you know, making his kids do the right thing. And so he's got one side, but not the other. But that's the thing about God is he's, he's perfectly balanced in yeah. the way he is loving and just and the way that he deals with his children. Yeah. He's it's loving mercy counter uh, countered with stern discipline, always exactly. seeking restoration. That's the point. The reason that God disciplines us, the reason that God holds his children accountable is so that they will be restored. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I heard uh, John Piper talking about this uh, from a sermon clip, and I was listening to a podcast where I had the sermon clip, and he said he he thinks that the love of God is God doing whatever it takes, mm. um, sacrificing himself or you for the sake of you knowing him and experiencing his glory in, in joy. And I was like, wow, that is what dads do. Dads do whatever it takes for for the best thing to happen for their children. That's so good. Yeah, I love that. It also leads us right into the next thing where it says God models self-sacrifice for us. You know, one of the things that dads have to get their head around is that um, we are to model self-sacrifice. We have to put our families first. We have to put our children first. Now that, you know, I think we see that modeled in the way that God and Jesus and all these things kind of kind of interacted. Jesus allowed himself to yeah. follow the Father's will to be crucified to pay the ultimate price, so that God's children could be redeemed. Yeah, and that and once again, their relationship with God was restored through that. Absolutely, and, and so that speaks to how God loves us and how. And that, again, if we're looking at God as our example, then the example for the fathers is to be a self-sacrificing. Uh, loving father that's going to put it, put his children first. Yeah. And you know, you even think about it this way, like God, he created the entire universe. He created the world. And, uh, and then in this whole plan, the plan of the gospel is to adopt us back as his children, to redeem us and to put his holy, the Holy spirit into us so that we are united to him in love and all of these wonderful things. But, you know, he even sacrificed the, the perfect creation for the sake of bringing about that reality. You know, it's like when you have your kids and then you let them like help you with a project or something, and then they ruin it, you know? Well, God basically did that for the sake of of bringing us back into this relationship and making it even more uh, a beautiful picture of his love for us. Right. He was even willing to let go of his own creation, letting us ruin it for the sake of of showing his immense love for us. I mean that's God God's God's sacrifice is his he's not selfish, mm. you know? That's the thing. He's a perfect father because he's not he's not in this for himself. He's in this to to give us the joy of knowing right. him and loving him. Yeah, so even if you haven't had a, a a great role model for a father or you haven't had someone in your life that's really shown you how to be a father, look to the word of God. Look read, you know, specifically I mean, the whole Bible is good, obviously, right. <laughs> but look at the Old Testament, how God interacts with his children, and and look at how 
how he acts as God, the father and take those cues from that. And, you know, we can never be perfect, obviously, but we can emulate some of those qualities of, of, of love and personal care and relationship and sacrifice and all those types of things. We can emulate those things as dads. Yeah. Especially as Christian dads, because he's the one empowering us to do that. So we have another thing though, you know, God is the perfect representation and we want to emulate that. Um, but we are actually called to be fathers, you know, men, when you are, when you are, um, given this responsibility of children, you're called to do something about that. You're not just, you know, a donor, you know what I mean? And you're not just there to keep people alive. You have a job to do. And I think we really see that clearly in Deuteronomy chapter six, you know, Deuteronomy six is the Shema. It's this great teaching, you know, chapter verse four, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, your soul, and your might. And these words, which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. Um, and then you shall teach them diligently to your sons and you shall talk to of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and rise up. These commands were given to the men of Israel to the fathers of Israel. God, you know, commanded to Moses and Moses gave it, handed it down to the dads. And so I think that's kind of significant, uh, talking about the fact that we're called to do something as dads. Don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're called to engage our children in in life. You know, it's, it talks about how, uh, as you go about in the flow of life in your, in your house, When you walk, when you lie down, when you rise, you're to teach them, you're to share the greatness of God. You know, we have a responsibility to raise our children in the Lord. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily, it it can happen in a formal setting, but the Bible speaks of it also happening a lot in an informal Informal setting setting. as you go about life. And we mentioned, you know, the greatness of God, or we, we give them examples. You know, one of the best examples that we've had for our children is if, we walk out of the store and there's something in the bottom of the cart that got missed when we mm. checked it out. Well, we're going to take everybody back into the store and we're going to go pay for that item. You know, we get, yeah. we got away with, we didn't mean to get away with it, but we right. got away with it. We could have just taken it, but we want that to be an example and say, no, no, we need to go back. That's not our thing. We need to either give it back or pay for it and acknowledge that we accidentally walked out of the store with that. That's life. That's, yeah. that's helping them understand God's expectation of truth and, and uh, and goodness in in the world. So that's just one small example. Yeah, no, that's great. And you know, it's funny. It's funny how there are times in life like there are people who, like you said before, there are missing fathers or just emotionally distant fathers. And it's funny how to a child, it's like somebody else who isn't your biological dad can be more like your dad because being a dad isn't just about biology and it's not just about you know, money. It's about, it's about raising. It's about influence and it's about a, a trust that God has given to you. Right. It's about taking responsibility. You know, the biggest thing is that we are, we have a responsibility for those kids to shape them. And ultimately, uh, you know, as they become adults, they make their own decisions. Right. But as they grow, we have a huge impact and influence and, and really, uh, a responsibility to to raise them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we see 
in our culture and talking about just what the culture says about fatherhood, you know, we've got a lot of uh, issues with people. We, we kind of contract this out, mm. you know, instead of taking it on. So it's, this sounds, you know, not normal. It's countercultural because the norm in culture is to contract out the raising and training and, and shaping of your child to other people, institutions, sports teams. I mean, all of the things are somebody else's job. I just, you know, I'm just here to, to keep them alive. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's the thing we have to fight against and really take responsibility for these things. Yeah. We're just not there to feed and clothe them. We're there to raise them and we have a responsibility. It's not, you know, if your kids are failing in school, you can go blame the teachers, but ultimately it's, it's your responsibility. If they're, if they're failing, in the area of, of spirituality, meaning they're not following the Lord, have no interest in spiritual things, you got nowhere to look but yourself. Yeah, you got to you got to start investigating, and you know, yeah, there might be issues outside of the home that are causing that, but but it's your responsibility to find out what those issues are yeah. and to rectify that. I think one of the biggest problems is how children are viewed. You know, mm. we many people don't view them. You know, the Bible talks about in Psalm one twenty seven that children are a blessing from the Lord. That they're a reward. Yeah. For for God, they're God's blessing in our life, and many of us treat children like a, like a burden. Yeah. And that's just, that, that's the exact opposite of a biblical view. Understanding of what a child really is, you know, and yeah, yeah, okay, they're hard, they're difficult, but what good thing in life isn't hard? Yeah. You know, good things are usually difficult, yeah. um, but that's what makes it worth it. Yeah. And I, I really love the example of, of Jonathan Edwards. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a great man, a great man of God, a, a Puritan preacher, you know, you can really see that what we see with the heritage or the legacy of a godly man can have on his children. Uh, he lived in the 1700s and he had 11 children and countless grandchildren and great grandchildren and great great grandchildren, totaling over 400 offspring over a 150 year <laughs> period. So he had one out of his offspring, he had one U.S. vice president, three U.S. senators, three governors, three mayors, 13 college presidents, 30 judges, 65 professors, 80 public office holders, 100 lawyers, and 100 missionaries. That That's crazy. Like, I read that, and I was blown away how much... That is an insane amount of influence, right. honestly. Mm -hmm. Because uh, he raised his children to, to love the Lord, to know the Lord, and then to make an impact in the world. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying every single one of them were... Godly Great individuals. Godly I don't yeah, know exactly, but just to have that kind of influence, you know, that's what the Bible is talking about in Psalm 127, where it says your children are like arrows that yes. you, you send out into the world. They go out to influence the world. The greatest hope for me, my greatest goal is that I will one day release my children into the world. You know, they, they will no longer be under my care and that they will go make an impact on the world for Christ. Yeah. I don't necessarily care where or, or how or what, you know, what job they're going to have, what education they're going to have. I just want them to go make an impact for Christ. And so as a father, that's what I'm pushing towards. I think a lot of times guys have this understanding that like they want to have this awesome career or they want to make meaning out of their life, their life. They want their life to mean something. And I think that's a really good thing. But a lot of times we misplace that. And the Bible's saying right here, right now, when you, your children, whether you're, you know, they're biologically yours, you, you've adopted children, or you're just investing in the, in the, you know, children in the church, whatever, 
your your life is is making so much of a difference. I mean, you're multiplying the amount of influence and and godly, you know, uh, goodness that's being flown from your life is is just hard to you know. It's Jesus talking about when you when you uh, sow seed into the field. And when it hits good ground, it multiplies, you know, hundred and, you know, it's amazing how many times over it multiplies. And, um, and one of the ways we get to do this, the fundamental way as, as dads is in our children. Mm -hmm. And we have to really see how big of it, this is one of the most important things you can ever do with your life. Um, as a, yeah. as a dad. Yeah. So children, they're a blessing, they're a legacy. They're all those things. I would encourage you to go read Psalm 127. It gives you a really good perspective on what children are, are meant to be and supposed to be. And it's in, really like, you know, mainly and grow up their arrows, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, as we, as we think about where we're at, you know, that, that's kind of a biblical theology, looking at some scriptures and some verses and things that we can think about, you know, what is our, our main struggle as um, men today in the in the modern age. Yeah, I think that this is just you know it's partially just a human struggle. Uh, but the big thing is is just being a selfish father, being a selfish person. Um, I think anyone uh, who's taking an honest look at themselves, especially once you start having children, you start realizing, wow, I think about myself way more than I ever thought I did. Yeah, all of this, you know, men men struggle with certain sins, you know, it's pride or self-control, idolatry, and all of these things really are rooted back in the selfishness uh, that is found in, in our sinful hearts. Yeah. And this is where we have to understand that, you know, it's not about us. And that is one of the most challenging things as a father to come to grips with is to let go of that selfishness in our lives and put our wives first and put our children first, you know, because I mean, for instance, let's think about, um, our greatest need today for many people is just to entertain ourselves constantly, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I know, and don't, please don't mishear me, but there are many dads who love video games and sure. I have no problem with video games, right? but if you're all you're doing is spending time as soon as you get home playing video games or you know you're neglecting your family because you're playing video games that's selfishness right now it can be anything it doesn't be video games it could be it could be a hobby like golf yeah. or i think that's an easy one because it's less like socially acceptable at right. least for you know older generations as time goes on video games are going to be the same as just watching tv or right. you know it's all going to be the same and it really all is the same anything that you put above, you know, that you, and that's the weird thing about this. None of these things are bad. Like somebody playing around a golf, somebody watching a, a game, somebody playing a video game. None of these things are bad, but it's when you are just focused on getting right. what you want out well, of it's this. Like, it's like so many men have this perspective, like I work all day and now yeah. it's, it's me time. And I, when I get home, it's my time and I right. can do what I want with it. Well, you know, one of the one of the most challenging sermons I ever heard was by Matt Chandler uh, at a men's conference, and he said, "Listen, when you get home from your from your first job, you have another job. Yeah, you're you're on, you're on the next. You're on the second shift of your job as a yeah. as a husband and a father. Yeah. So he said, sometimes you got to pull into the pull into the driveway and gather your thoughts and pray and say, God, give me the strength for the second shift because I got to go be a present father and a mm -hmm. present husband. And if I'm not, then I, I'm not." 
fulfilling my godly call. Yeah, and we're not saying this because like we go home and you know <laughs> never sit down. There are times where you're just dead tired. You know, and one of the here's the thing, especially if you have younger kids, it's easy because you can just go lay on the floor and they'll crawl all over yeah, you. Exactly. So you can kind of rest. <laughs> but uh, but no, I'm, I'm the thing is is I would even say that like your your job away from home is is more like for the purpose of your primary job, which is being a husband and father. And so, you know, you, you but you're right. You got to come home. You got to, you got to, got to keep working. And that's one of the things I'll just be honest. God's really had to grow me in since, you know, the, the last two and a half years of being a dad. And, uh, that's, that's been the thing, like going home and, and, and still staying on the clock, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still yeah. working. Um, and finding my rest in Christ, yeah. not in these other things, uh, these selfish, you know, things that I've been surrounding myself with. Yeah. You know? So I mean, and, and we're not saying don't take time for yourself. Right. You know, right. I think you know that Brian and I, we try to find time to do the things we want to do. For instance, you know, we like to work out. We just go really early in the morning. Yeah. Before exactly. everybody wakes up. Yeah. So if you, I guess, if you want to max out the Xbox, get up at five a.m. and do seriously. it. Seriously. <laughs> uh, seriously. Yeah. That's that is uh, that is so true. I would even say this though, as you as your especially as your kids get older, you know what's great, and you have to be careful because you don't want to force your likes on your children. Yeah. But if your children enjoy the things that yeah. you enjoy, oh yeah. my goodness. Uh, that's a way take yeah take max advantage of that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. so what the solution is so the, so the cha- the the struggle is selfish fathers the solution is faithful fathers yes we need fathers that will be committed to their children to their families more than just providing a, a paycheck you know just like we said it can be very hard very much of a struggle but the first thing we have to understand is that we set the tone in our in our house if we don't like what's going on in our house. We have no one else to look at but ourselves. If our children are disobedient, if our wife is not uh, not growing, not blossoming, we got to look at ourselves. That that's the hardest thing I think about this. And and you know the society hates what you just said. You know culture hates the idea that you know the the man in the house has to set the tone. But here's the reality. It's by design. It's not something that can be changed fundamentally. And it's, you know, we've talked about this before. You know, we're talking about, we're not talking about being a chauvinistic, whatever, jerk, dad, husband, whatever. We're talking about doing it the right way. But at the end of the day, you've got to do this. And that's the hardest thing. And this is where the best advice I've gotten from men about being a husband, being a father is this. It's like, son, sometimes you just got to do things that you don't want to do. And you need to ask the Lord for help. And then you need to go do it. You got to do them. Yep. And you know what? God helps you Mm -hmm. and you get through it. And so we want to talk about some practical ways, you know, that we can do this, you know. But the first thing is, like, What's the main thing you got to keep in your mind? This, this, you know, priority for your kids. Yeah, what I mean, do you I think, think that you, needs to be? You have to really think about what do I want my kids to to do? What do I want my kids to to really um, be about? You know, mm, and I think yeah. a lot of us could grab at a very easy answer and say, I want them to be happy, or I want them to be successful, or I want them to be this or that. Um, but if we're thinking biblically, mm-hmm. if we're thinking with a gospel mindset, then we're going to want them to love the Lord and influence the world for the Lord. And so 
I would really make it a priority in your families to say, as the father, I'm going to influence my children to know and grow in the Lord. Man. Everything else is kind of serving that purpose. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't do all the things that you're going to do. For instance, I know a lot of parents have their kids in uh, baseball or sports. Yep. um, And that's great. But if, if it's taking over to the fact where you can't be at church or on Sundays, or you can't serve, or, you know, I know parents that they go, they really prioritize, okay, we're going to do ball, but we're also going to be at church. Right. And there's no, there's, you can do both of those things. You actually can. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just, you really have to want to do that Mm -hmm. and be committed to that. And so that's, you know, what is your priority with your children? Yeah. What do you want them to, to be? Yeah. I think it's really freeing to be able to say my, my main goal for my child is, that they know God and live for him with all that they've got. Because if that's your priority and you really mean that Mm -hmm. when your kids (laughs) mess up, um, it won't be devastating because uh, the Lord is in control and he will draw them back. When your kids aren't the star on the team, you're not going to be devastated or embarrassed because that's not what you care about. Well, it's not about you, right? Well, so much that's of that, true, exactly. so much that we internalize. If our children disobey, it's a bad reflection on us. If they don't play mm-hmm. well, it's a bad reflection on us. It's like, we got to get to the point where we're like, that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. Yeah, exactly. So how do we uh, make this happen? How do we become faithful fathers? There's three ways we can become faithful fathers. The first one is prioritize your relationship with Christ. That is the key. Like, I think, you know, at first you expect like, oh, well, here's what you need to do as a dad. This is what you need to do as a dad. Uh, You have to have a relationship with Christ. If you don't know Jesus, the perfect son, and if he hasn't brought you into that relationship with the father, then then you're not going to be able to do it. And because he's the one who makes you able. He's the one who empowers this. He has to be your priority. Right. So you you become a believer, you let Christ lead you, and then you lead your family to follow Christ. And this practically works out in a couple different ways. So for instance, one example could be uh, making sure your family's at church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. This is not, so, don't let your wife nag you to say, we right. got to go to church. Right. You, you lead, you say, well, we're getting up Sunday morning. You know, um, one of the things that I do to help my family out is we get the, I help get the clothes out and get them ironed mm. on Saturday night mm. because you know, yeah. I'm here. I'm that's here. A, that's at, a really good idea. <laughs> I'm here at church early on Sunday morning. So my right. wife has to get everybody ready and get, I'm not there on Sunday, on Sunday morning, morning when they're, yeah. when they're getting it. Cause I'm yeah. here at church early cause I'm, I'm a minister. But for those guys that are there on Sunday morning, oh, yeah. take charge, get up, get breakfast. Go. Don't lay in bed all morning, get breakfast going, get help. Yeah. The kids get their clothes going, be really like energetic and like, Oh guys, we get to worship the yep. Lord today. We get to praise. This is a privilege. Yep. Be really excited about the things of God. Yeah. And that that really does transfer to your kids. I mean, you're not faking this for their sake. You just live it out. You just, you know, your kids, your kids are going to love the things you love, especially when you, when you are passionate about it and when you're not like, you know, overbearing about it. So be, you know, have a, have a 
good attitude about right. the things of God. We don't have to do it. We get to do it. Yeah, we love to Listen, do it. Listen, a, a kid raised in a Christian home should never wonder where they're going to be on Sunday morning. They mm-hmm. should never say, well, what are we going to do today? Mm-hmm. They should be like, we're going to church. We're going to church. Yeah. Always, my kids never say, well, what are we going to do Sunday morning? They know. Well, partly because I'm a minister. But right, right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's really good. If they, had, if they wondered, that'd be a problem. That but, would be a problem. Um, you know, there's a couple other practical ways. You know, you uh, read your Bible. Mm-hmm. Read your Bible. Pray together as a family. Encourage them in the appropriate way. Read the Bible with them or to have a devotion, you know, um, serve with them. You know, cultivate friendships in your neighborhood that can be focused on the gospel and sharing. I mean, all of these things just teach your children to make the things of God a priority in your life. Yeah. I think a lot of times the the reasons why we struggle with this, with training our kids, with helping our kids know the Lord is, is it really comes from um, a lack of relationship mm-hmm. with him and ourselves. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Somebody who loves football doesn't has to have to be, shown how to teach their kid about football, you know, because they love it. It's second nature to them. And so if Christ, if knowing Christ and loving Jesus is second nature to you, um, this isn't going to be that hard. So focus on that. Uh, This is is a win. Just focus on that right there. And uh, you'll be able to do this other stuff pretty right. easily, actually. And, and know that most Christian, a lot, not most, but a lot of Christianity is is caught, not taught. That's exactly right. You just lead the example and your children will see that in you and they'll start to emulate and imitate those things in mm-hmm. their life. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the the second thing? The next thing is to parent in grace. And this, (laughs) I think, is, you know, super hard uh, sometimes uh, because what we're getting at here is just this idea of that balance, you know, where you need to parent and and instruct. But you've also got to do that with love. And so you can't be this overbearing jerk dad, but you also can't be this, you know, dad that just anything goes because that's not actually loving either yeah in ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 it says fathers do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the lord now remember notice he he's gearing this towards fathers he didn't Mm -hmm. say mothers he didn't say parents he said fathers do this there's an expectation on us. We're not to provoke them. Or even in Colossians, he says to discourage your children. Don't discourage your children. In way, in the ways that we raise them in fatherhood, this is a frustration that's brought on by inconsistent living. So this is the same word that's used when God is angry with his people for their idolatry. They did one thing. They said they were God. They said they were God's children, but they worshipped another God. So, if a parent says the "do as I say, not as I do" kind of mentality, right? So, children don't don't use bad language, but I'm going to use bad language. You know, something like that. Um, telling our kids, "Calm down, everybody, calm down." You know, you're yelling to get them to calm down. That provokes them. That it, that discourages them. That that frustrates them. And so we can't deal out our discipline in this crazy manner, uh, you know, with, with with not thinking about how we act, right? We're provoking them. We're, we're discouraging them. We've got to seek a way to parent, and that's parenting in grace. Yes. Well, I think that's the point that we're getting at is like you can... If you are not thinking about them, you're not caring about their uh, their mindset as they are growing up, you will, like I was saying, you'll mess with them too much. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you'll push the boundaries, boundaries that you set for them. You will then push. You don't want them to do their do this to their siblings, but you'll do it to them. You don't want them to be angry and yell and throw fits, but you'll get angry and yell and throw fits. You don't want them to, you know, be downcast and have a bad attitude, but you'll be downcast and have a bad attitude. And so it's that double standard inconsistency that I think is what you're talking about. Right. This this thing that we do where we expect more from them than we would expect mm -hmm. from ourselves. Yeah. And so we have to give them something that they don't deserve because you know what? Mm -hmm. God has given us something that we don't deserve. And that's what grace is, is when right. you give people uh, something that they don't deserve, you give them love even though they are acting like little punks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the first thing when we talk about grace parenting is uh, it's not about performance. exactly, And that's one of the hardest things. We cannot push our kids to meet some sort of perfect standard. They will make mistakes. Listen, we need to train them. We have to teach them to obey, to act right. But listen, we should not be surprised when they fail. Okay. We should not be surprised. Um, we cannot demand perfection from our children. We have to be like God, the father and give mercy. We, Paul, God was based in mercy. And this is why Paul says, bring your children up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Notice he didn't say the instruction and our own preferences, right. but he said in God's way, we're to bring them up. Yeah. So that's the thing. There's this grace and mercy where, you know, they don't, they don't always get what they deserve. And oftentimes they get what they don't deserve. You know, we're gracious towards them, but there is also discipline. And so there is a balance at play, but in our discipline, that's what we're getting at. Even in your discipline, you are gracious. That's what God is towards us. He, he does not just dole out the full maximum penalty because the purpose of discipline isn't just to like, you know, beat them into submission or to, to get them to do whatever we want. It's actually to train them and to learn a way of life, a way of living that is in love with God. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's thinking about think of uh, discipline as as a way of nurturing them. Yeah. You know, it's a plant that you feed and you water. When you give it proper air and sun, it will begin to grow and produce fruit. And sometimes, you know, if you have a plant, a tree, you have to kind of correct it. You know, if it mm -hmm. grows sideways, what yeah. do you do? You put a stake on it and you pull it back so it grows straight. Mm -hmm. If it's got branches growing too low, you prune those branches. This is what discipline looks, looks like. like. We are doing everything to help that tree, help that that kid that is that tree to grow up healthy and strong mm -hmm. in the in the way of the Lord. Yeah, and sometimes it, it it can be intense. You know, there's pruning that has to take place. You know, it can be it can it can be fairly you know aggressive, but it's never in a sense that is like damaging. You know, you don't just take a a plant and just you know beat it to death and expect it to grow into a healthy plant. And so that's where discipline, you know, it can be fairly intense, but it's always in the right attitude yeah. with, with the attitude of grace and, uh, and instruction. Yeah. This is balanced with, you said instructions balanced with the word instruction, which instruction can mean to, to warn them, to admonish them, to discipline them when necessary. It's, it's the, both of these things, it's discipline and instruction, you're, you're, you're training them so that they can know how to tackle life in the right way, in the way that God wants them to. Yeah, you've got to find this balance between these two. And I think that this is really hard um, for, for guys. I think it's hard for dads because, you know, 
it's just so easy. It's, it's really easy to do one or the other. Think about, you know, when the first time you were learning to do something, use a tool or something, mm-hmm. you know, how hard is it? You're trying to learn how to hammer and you're like, yeah. you're bending all the <laughs> nails and stuff. And then you have another guy, maybe you're on the job site learning, you're young, or maybe, maybe your dad does it or grandpa. And he says, Hey, hold the hammer like this. Mm-hmm. Look at the head of the nail swing back, like, you know, shows you how to hit the hammer and, and drive the nail in. Yeah. He's instructing you on how to do it so you can do it the right way. Yeah. This is life. This is the job of a father. Mm-hmm. We are guiding our children, helping them with life. And it can be in a myriad of different ways. It can be from when they're little, how, how am I a good winner? How am I a good loser? How do yeah. I handle bullies? How do I, how do I walk through life when people are tempting me to do this and that? Yep. You know, it's all of the things of life. You're, it's like teaching them how to hammer that nail That's in. That's exactly right. You're taking God's word. You're taking your, your experiences, what God has taught you, and you're helping them to learn and grow and to train them to be godly men and godly women. This is the thing, guys, is we're trying to grow in this and get better at this, you know, parenting with grace and discipline. Like, you are going to need God more than ever to do this. You're going to need Him. Uh, you you will not be able to balance these out properly unless you are walking with the Lord. And that's why the first priority is to, you know, is to f- prioritize your relationship with Christ mm-hmm. because He's the one who's going to help you walk with the balance of instruction and doing it with grace. Yeah. So um, re- real quick, let's run through, how do we develop a culture of grace with our children? We'll hit these things really quick. Yeah. A, f- a uh, is quality is, is quantity. quantity. Yes. You know, when people talk about quality time and it's really quality time is, is time. It's spending time with your children. Yes. You, you know, it's not that you have to have some magical memory making experience. It's weird. Think yeah. about the things that you remember exactly. as a kid. And it can be something so arbitrary, so silly, so mundane and ordinary, but it was the time that you got to spend with your dad. It was a time you got to spend with your grandpa or yep. even your mom, whatever. Those are the examples. We've got to be there and be present. What's the second thing? Yeah, it's encourage them more than you correct them. You know, so you're not just constantly telling them the ways that they're wrong. You're you're just showing them the ways that they can be better. You're you're not correcting them all the time. You're 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 actually complimenting them. You're finding the areas about them that you can that you can affirm and say, "Wow, great job! Like that was awesome." You know, and when they're little, I mean, it's almost everything in the world. You know, it's like they put some food in their mouth. You're like, "Yay!" Yay! You know, <laughs> clap your hands. Exactly. Yeah. And so you do that as that they get stuff. older. Not yes. not when they put food in their mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but always find a way every day to encourage your child. Yeah, they're going to need it a ton, especially as they're older. You and Brian, you and I know that in student ministry. Yeah. They need encouragement like crazy. Yeah. The next one is spend time alone with them. This is really hard. It's hard with the more children you have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with four children. But, you know, we want to make sure we prioritize, uh, you know, time alone or giving them special time. You know, it would be great to say, oh, well, we try to get our kids and spend time with them once a week. That just, it's not realistic. It doesn't happen. But we do try to find little moments and it can be as simple as, Hey, I got to go run some errands and I take my son with me or I take my daughter, you know, just trying to find those special moments of those times. And then, you know, inevitably when I take my daughter and we have to run errands of the sort, we end up at Sonic getting a slushy, you know, just, you have to it do happens. it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to get one. <laughs> those are the those are the things you can really cultivate um, 
a an atmosphere of grace if you'll do those things in your life. Yep. So let's talk third thing that we can do to, you know, help us uh, as fathers to be faithful fathers is to spiritually train them. So what what do you think about this, Brian? Yeah, like, this is how huge. important is this? <laughs> Once again, we have the spiritual we have the responsibility as spiritual leaders in our home. So we've got to live these things in our life and then we've got to encourage them in our children. Again, we've talked a lot about yeah. these things, but you know, it's it's encouraging them to have a relationship with the Lord, to read God's word, to spend time in prayer. It's, it's doing it as a family. It's doing it individually. I mean, it's all of these things. Yeah. It's not like, don't just hope that this happens. Right. Like be intentional about it. You know, bring these things up. You know, a lot of times we just are like, what do I do? What do I do? It's like, well, have you, have you talked to your kids about this mm-hmm. at all? Like, no. Well, okay, there you go. Like yeah. do that. Talk to them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all about, it's all about balance. You know, a lot of times when we talk about Christians in their in in their homes, it's like they're either like really strict or they're, you know, really loose. You know, yeah. oh, I'm all about grace and, you know, right. or I'm all about discipline. Why can't it be both? Right. You know, we can't be afraid to discipline our, our children, but we got to do it in a way that honors the Lord in, in a gracious way. So don't be afraid to discipline. Don't be afraid to show mercy either. Yeah, Put exactly. both of those things together to to be like God in your parenting. One of the things that's going to make that stick so much better with your kids is when you admit when you're wrong. Yeah. You know, as a parent, you can Not living train hypocritically. them. Exactly. That's the thing. You're, you aren't holding a double standard. When you mess up, you own it. I mean, that... People, anyone who's listening to this, please hear this. That is what it means to be a Christian, is to confess our sins and receive the grace and mercy of God through Christ. And so when you do that with your kids, that sticks. And and that's what, what better way to live is that. Yeah. Um, the last thing is is a piece of advice I would give everybody is pray, pray with your family daily. Mm. You know, whether it's before bed, whether it's at a meal, you know, just just spend time praying with your family. It's so important that they see you pray. Guys, I know I know what it's like. Well, I'm I'm not a good I don't pray good or you know, I don't know what to say. Whatever. You need to learn. Number one, God doesn't care. He just wants us to pray. Uh, but number two, you need to learn what it means to lead out in prayer in in your family. Not saying you gotta stand in front of the church or in your life group and pray, but at least be able to pray in your family. Yeah. Lead the, your family in prayer. Exactly. Yeah. Simple prayers, you know, in, in, anything. Um, your kids will will really grow from that. So those are just some helpful things that, guys, we think will will really help in, you know, your family as you are trying to do. We know. We get it, you know. We get it. it being a dad is really hard. Yeah. Brian, you really know that. I'm, I know that, and I'm still growing in that, and I love this dynamic that we have, you know. And, um, and so it's good. And guys, uh, if you go to our church, we're here for you. Mm-hmm. So know that you can yeah. come talk to us and yeah, we'll, we could, you know, we'll walk with you. We yeah, get it. <laughs> exactly. If we could boil this down, we'd say, listen, you need to seek, see men seek Jesus daily, mm-hmm. understand your need for the gospel daily, and then model that for your children and teach that to them. That yeah. That's the biggest thing right there. If we could boil all that down and just say, listen, you, you live out the gospel daily and teach that to your children. Yep. And don't give up. 
keep going. Don't stop. You you can do this because the Lord is with you and he will get you through. Yeah. So we're going to keep talking about being dads uh, next week. Uh, we're going to talk about some things, some specific things about being a, a, a boy dad and being a girl dad. I think I'm, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on some of these things, Brian. And so uh, it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. So we hope that you'll check us out next week and thanks for listening. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, see you next time. I know this is the after- gonna be, I know fine. I messed this be- up. I messed this up. No, it's fine. The afternoon. It's fine. In the it's afternoon. Just Brian's gonna be like, I'll look over. He'll be <laughs> <laughs> it, it is theoretically possible. Brian, wake up! <laughs> be a dad, just love your kids and tell them Jesus loves you. This is what dads do when they sit down. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to your mother. <laughs> dad dad calepsy. So true. Not narcolepsy, it's dad calepsy. I fell asleep. I was like watching a YouTube video last night and I like I, I wanted to watch the next one. And so I pressed play and then I woke up like from the, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what just happened? I was like, I do not Is understand. This video magic? How this happened. I don't even remember what video I wanted to watch. That's I hilarious. have no idea what happened. It was it was dad collapsing. We need oh, to have a like a man. video we need to have like a um, <laughs> If you suffer from dad epilepsy, <laughs> there is there is help for you. Your wife will come and smack you in the face. It's called, yeah, that's pretty true. Your kids will jump on you. <laughs>